It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey everybody, welcome to uh, season two, uh, episode, the next episode in season two. Uh, I'm excited about this today and uh, this whole month we're talking about kind of what is worship and all of the things that come uh, come with that question. And today I'm joined by Amber Rhodes-Piers um, from Gateway in Texas. Amber, how's it going? It's great. How are you? I'm doing good. Are you guys getting the crazy storms that we're, uh, we're getting crazy storms in California. Are you guys? No, actually, it's supposed to be 77, the high today. So you never know what's going to happen in Texas. We can be 30 degrees one day and 75 the next. That's that's crazy. We're over here building Noah's Ark in <laughs> California. We're, I mean, we got, we're getting, uh, I think we've had like 15 or 16 inches of rain in the last week and a half. Wow. Which is like, that might've been the last two years of rain that we've had. So we'll get, get your paddle out. It's a true, there's floods every, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. So we're, uh, I'm glad to hear you guys are warming up. Um, Hey, tell us about you. Tell, and kind of tell us about Amber, all things, uh, all things Amber. Well, I've been in worship ministry for over 30 years um, as a worship pastor, a vocalist and a vocal coach. Um, I'm currently serving at Gateway Church in Dallas, and, and I've served there for 18 years uh, in different capacities. But in the last four years, uh, I've been a campus worship pastor at one of our North Dallas campuses in Frisco, Texas. And that's where I oversee the development and the worship process and pipeline. So I take people who are in our church from the moment they're interested in worship. I take them through evaluations and coaching. Uh, into placement on our teams. And so I kind of pastor them through that whole process so that no one gets lost and everyone feels that um, they're the only person in the process. And we just walk with them through that. And then um, actually, I'm in a new season and transitioning, actually. Um, In February, I'm going to be stepping out full time with my nonprofit called The Worship Life. I'll still be a part of Gateway Worship, but I'm going to step out in faith and and answer the apostolic call that the Lord's put on my heart to pour into other worship teams all over the world and fabulous coach them and mentor them. So I'm really, really excited to take the principles and the foundations I've learned and just impart that to churches everywhere. That's exciting. How do you, how does that roll out? Like, what is your process with that? Is it like podcasts or trainings or um, where is that, where is that going? It's a lot of things. So my husband and I have a huge vision the Lord said, dream big, Yep. dream big, don't think small. And so we don't know the timeline of all of them. I podcast is part of that, but that could be in the future. So uh, we're still seeking the Lord on the timing, but um, I'll officially step off staff first of February. And so I'll be kind of uh, lots of content on YouTube and Instagram with like vocal tips, uh, especially towards vocalists but it's also worship principles for worship teams, worship pastors. And then I also want to turn it to the congregation and teach the congregation about worship because that's, that's a component amazing. that I think is missing. So, so yeah, we're excited. 100%. That's a, that's a thing. Like we spend time focusing on it as worship leaders and teams and 
processing it, but the congregation doesn't that they don't do that. Like that's not unless your pastor's right. preaching on it or talking about it or that's not a commonly phrased thing. Right. So that's that's our heart is to kind of delve into content that teaches about worship and also encourages worship teams and worship leaders to teach. And how can they teach on worship? If there's not a culture of worship there, how they can can sneak that in with little nuggets uh, during their worship song list and things like that. That's so good. Well, this that transitions us well to the topic of today. Um, like talking about worship, this whole month we're talking, kind of answering the question, what is worship? Um, and coming at it from different perspectives. Uh, but for you, like what would, how would you answer the question? Let's just start basically. Like how would you answer the question, what is worship? What is worship to Amber? What does that mean? So I, like many people, when I was younger, if you would have asked me this question, I would have said, what's the first thing you think about, you know, when you think about worship music, maybe it's Hillsong or, or it's, it's, it's a band or it's a worship song or it's the actual worship service. I was thinking of worship in that way. And as I've been in ministry for many years, um, I've learned that simply put worship is love expressed. You cannot really mix that up or confuse it. It's love expressed. And, you know, there's not one word in the Bible for worship that means music. It's always been an, ex, an outward expression. So if you look in the Hebrew and in the Greek, it was always bowing, kissing towards. And um, so it's an expression of love. And um, the beautiful thing about love is that love grows. Love grows. And so as your relationship with the Lord grows, your expression grows. And when I think about my worship expression as a teenager, it looks very different than it does now in 2023. And it's because my relationship has grown with the Lord. And it's just like, like a husband and wife, you know, the more you get to know them and, and that, that love should grow, the deeper you get to know them and your expressions should be even more. And the way we express love to people that we love is we compliment them. We give them a gift uh, as husbands and wives, we serve each other. And so I think of that as the same way as a relationship with the Lord is we serve him uh, we give him our gifts and we compliment him, meaning we thank him for all he's done. And we just express love. And when I think of it that way, then it doesn't matter how I'm feeling. Mm. I can be vulnerable with the Lord and, and I can be in, in brokenness and I can be in maybe a painful season, but it doesn't change that I still love him. And so my expression might look a little different, but I still worship because um, I just believe that true worship is, it's just love expressed. That is such a good, like, moment. That's such a good, like, uh, it's simply put, love expressed. And that, I mean, right. you know, the, like you said, I, I grew up a lot like you, where it's like, what is worship? That's oh, the music, it's the, it's the, it's the production, it's the, and then you start pulling back, realizing there's so much more to it right. than that. And, um, right. Cause that's an avenue. That's yep. an avenue we use. One to of the express. Some people may dance. Some people may paint. Some people may write. Um, maybe it's just being obedient with our time, our finances. Um, but I just, I really, uh, encourage people to, to view it as just simply love expressed and not try to, well, it's this deep, you know, a theological, love express we all worship something yep 
And uh, he wants to commune with us and he wants to pour his love back on us as we're worshiping. And so it, it's a communication with the Lord, communicating our love and expressing it um, in different ways. Oh, so good. So understanding, you're talking a lot about understanding yourself. And as you grow into, like you talked about being a teenager, looking different as an adult, how yeah. would you say um, identity plays a factor in helping to develop that heart of worship, like understanding yourself in order to be able to um, understanding a heart to worship? How would you, right. what would you think about that? Well, this is a, this is a huge topic for me. Yeah. Um, mostly because I have struggled with it more than anything, I think, in um, my ministry and just walking with the Lord. It's been identity and it's been a um, a learning and a growing over and over and over. Just when I think I've got it, I know my identity. Yeah. Something will come along to test that and I'll have to get get aligned again with the word of God and with who he says I am. And, and get that identity back in, in who I am, which is a child of God. And I teach this a lot because as creatives, musicians, we can tend to tie our identity to what we do. And a lot of us have heard this over and over. But I tell the churches where I go, I say, I, I teach on this and I continue to teach on it. And I won't apologize for it because we may say we have it, but then our behavior shows differently. And we we do things that are out of orphan spirit or out of comparison or out of jealousy and not walking as children of God and not walking in our authority. And I think besides the lack of knowledge of God's word, the greatest tool the enemy uses is identity confusion, like identity crisis. And, and that's one of his greatest weapons. And so if you aren't in the word, you don't know who you are. And so I encourage people, read the word. It's the mirror that we need to look in to know who you are, to know who God says you are and be armed with that because the enemy knows the word too, but we need to know it. We need to get it in our heart, get it in our, in our soul. And we need to walk as children of God and, and not get caught up in this. Well, I'm the, I'm a drummer. I'm a piano player. I mean, that's what we do. Right. But that's that's not who we are. We are musicians second, but we are children of God first. And I feel like when we really get this, then we don't deal as much with that orphan spirit. And that that can come along when we feel like we don't belong. I can't tell you how many people I'm sure people who are hearing this right now that are on worship teams, they feel like they don't belong. They may even be the worship pastor and they're like, what am I doing? I don't feel like I belong here or something happens and they have an injury or they lose their voice and they feel like they're worthless. They don't have any value. We we've all probably been there. Yep. We have people on our team that are sidelined right now because they can't sing because of a vocal injury or they've hurt their hand and they can't play guitar or drums. Yep. And I see they talk about depression coming in and, and just feeling like, what is my purpose? I have no purpose anymore. I'm not content anymore. And I dealt with this as well when, when the Lord asked me to lay down worship for a season, just laying down, not expressing love to him, but laying down the role of a worship leader. Um, and for two months, which doesn't sound like a long time, but it was a very long time for me. <laughs> <laughs> because my yeah my identity was tied to that i'm a worship leader i'm a singer i'm a vocalist this is what i'm called to do this is my purpose 
And that's great to know your purpose. But my identity was so entwined with that, that when I wasn't doing it anymore, I started listening to the lies of the enemy that uh, you're no good. They don't want you or what are you doing? Or there's someone better than you or you should do something else. All these lies, because my identity was tied back to that, which I was not doing anymore. And so I just, I encourage people to get in the word, know who God says you are, all the scriptures that talk about, I am wonderfully and fearfully made mm. and, and how, how he knew us before we were even born. And to know that we're children of God, when we know we're children of God, we can walk boldly in that. Yep. And it doesn't matter if we play another note, sing another song, we're still his child. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's so good. And I think in today's world, uh, especially that we have all, we have the access to seeing everybody else play where it's like, I feel all of a sudden I'm now, I can't compete with that. Or I can't, I can't, uh, I can't contend with the perfection on that video that I saw. Right. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not as good as where I'm at. So I'm, Therefore, and then you just start rolling back into kind of retreating into that space of going, I guess, like, I guess I'm not good enough. And um, that's right. Especially coming out of COVID where all churches were online, where you're watching other Mm -hmm. people do and you're like, oh, I'm not that good. And I can't be like that. And I can't do that. And it just like you said, you know what's funny? Yeah, they're they're probably thinking the exact same thing. Totally, that's right. (laughs) That's right. It's everybody. I mean, creatives get it the worst. And it's, um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's. I, that's, yeah, it, it's one of those things where you want to sit back and go like, you find your purpose. I don't, I don't know about you, but I get, I get emotional and choked up and overwhelmed at the thought that our purpose is to lead people to Jesus. Like that yes. as a worship leader, it's like, you know, I can play in music is fun. Of course, singing is fun. I love doing it. But like, I get overwhelmed at the thought that God goes, you have a gift, you have an ability. I want you to, I want you to point people to me and then get out of the way, like it, and 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 exactly. do your thing, and that's like a, that's an overwhelming thought, like and it and keeping those, you know, keeping those thoughts in processes, and so, um, so true, and I think that also, um, with that comparison, yeah, then then we we have fear of man, we yeah. care what man what man thinks, and that that leads to a spirit of perfection. And sit a spirit of excellence. And that's the difference. Longing for being excellent at your craft is okay. Yep. We want to be excellent. The Bible says to be excellent. Always be and better. So, yes, I encourage if you see someone, you're like, oh, they're so good. I'm, I'm not there. Well, then change your perspective and know that they're in their lane and you're in your lane. And you have a unique calling and a unique gift. And be the best you. So. Yep. I, I educate myself, I grow, I learn, I get a coach, whatever it is to, to be um, excellent at my craft, but not perfect. Cause we're not perfect. As yep. long as we are on this earth as humans and, and singing and playing, we're going to mess up and that's, Correct. that's okay. That the Lord loves our worship and it's a sweet fragrance to him, but it can be tainted when we bring worship with comparison, fear of man fear of rejection, you know, it's just, it's covered in fear of what other people think. And it's not love expressed to the Lord. And that, and that's all it is. 
It's good. How do you how do you lead from a place of worship and not just kind of a being a really good cover band? Like, I mean, we live in a, a world now where like we have access to the loops and tracks and like and, and like we we spend a lot of time focusing on making sure that we sound good and we sound great. What how do you what what do you do to make sure that you're uh, kind of keeping yourself in a place where you're leading from that place? I think first and foremost, when you know your purpose as as uh, leading worship, um, the rest is going to come. The excellence is going to come. Yep. Because you know your why behind what you're doing, and you know what worship is, love expressed. And you know what your role is. And, you know, First Peter 2.9 talks about you're a chosen people, you're a royal priesthood. Mm. When I think of it, I think, and this is part of um, one of my good friends, Pastor Zach Neese, wrote one of the best books on worship, How to Worship a King. Yep. And it talks about our role as priests, that we are uh, reaching a hand up to God and are reaching a hand out to the congregation. And we're connecting the two. And like you said, we're getting out of the way. Yep. So we're limiting distractions, not because of perfection, but we're limiting distractions because we want people to experience the presence of God in the best way possible. And so limiting distractions and knowing that we're there to to build a bridge, to connect people to their savior. And um, we're not really leading the worship. I want people to think of it as leading the moment. You're leading that moment. Yep. So you're creating an opportunity for people to connect with their God and then you're getting out of the way and you're leading the moment instead of leading the worship because their worship is going to look different all across. They're different expressions like we talked about because people are in different places. And this is exactly what I encourage people is that you cannot judge what's happening in the room based on the response or lack of response of people. Because how many times have we seen someone in the room that wasn't as engaged outwardly? And, you know, the, the carnal thought is, oh, they're, what's wrong with them? How can they not be worshiping? Yeah, how are you missing this moment? Yeah, right. right. Exactly. And, exactly. and, and they will be the exact person that comes up afterwards and says, in tears, the Lord really touched me in that moment. And that was like the Lord gently reprimanding me saying, don't ever judge. Yep what someone's outward expression is and what's happening in the room based on that and know your role as a priest and then get out of the way. And so I love the scripture of the spirit of of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, um, to heal the brokenhearted. Like that is in my opinion, uh, the job description of a worship leader or worship team. It's right there. He's anointed us to preach good news. We're proclaiming that the captives are going to be free. That's what we're doing in worship. We're declaring these things over people when they don't have maybe the strength to sing them for themselves. You know, they're coming in with all this brokenness. And um, when we really know what's happening in this, the spirit realm and we're know that we steward the atmosphere, like that keeps it in perspective of we're not just playing songs. We're not just uh, strumming chords we're lifting up a praise into the atmosphere and there's spiritual warfare going on and we are stewarding the atmosphere. And that's all, that's like a whole nother discussion on yep. how do we do that? Yeah, but be, exactly. being since being sensitive to that um, 
it's, it's incredible. And that's what keeps me focused when I'm tired, I'm weary, I'm maybe I'm somewhere and they want me to sing a song that I don't necessarily connect with. I remember this is not about me. I am to steward the atmosphere, honor the presence of God and connect people to their savior. That should be a title on the business card. That was your, <laughs> that was your tagline. All the, I love the, I love that. I love that. I should, I need to use that. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Go back and we'll listen to that again. That was good. Yes. So I want you to talk to the person who's realizing like they're sitting in their car, driving or wherever um, going, I don't do this well. Like I don't, I've, I've kind of fallen into the trap of uh, maybe um, focusing really focusing a lot on making sure we're duplicating the record and I'm not really stewarding the moment. I'm not really, and even my team hasn't done that. What would be a good step one to kind of move back towards that and kind of uh, make those changes as the realization is kind of starting to set in, set in a little bit. I would say first as an individual, it's, it's private worship time with the Lord, which Mm -hmm. um, a lot of our teams and our, our worship musicians are not doing. Um, we kind of get caught up in just the, the practice doing it like the record, Yep. Get, getting every part correct. And we forget to worship in the process and we can practice his presence. We can worship while we're rehearsing, Amen. but there needs to be an intentional private worship time with the Lord. That's where beautiful things come out. Creativity. Like you can play it like the record, but a musician that's really mature and, and experienced um, has been with the Lord playing melodies, just worshiping the Lord. Same with singing, like just singing spontaneously, uh, getting out of your comfort zone and in your own private moment, just worshiping the Lord. And then he can reveal and impart things to you that no book, no teaching, no video series can impart to you because you're spending time with the Lord. And then as a team, I would say worship pastor, worship leader, it comes down to culture. Is is there a healthy worship culture on your team? And if there's not, you need to get one. And the number one thing um, is spending time with the Lord, praying, asking the Lord, what does, what does a healthy worship culture look like? Mm. Because from church to church, you're going to have a few things that might be different yep. part, parts of their culture. Yep. But there are some principles that are just basic, you know, respecting people's time, honoring each other. Um, at Gateway, we have a culture of feedback. You know that when you're on the team, you're going to get feedback and you receive it graciously. And yep. the people who give it, give it, are supposed to give it graciously. And with it, it's, an, it's very honoring because that's how you grow is feedback. And same with... Um, I would say one of the most important things, I think you've talked about this on other podcasts is you have to lead by example. So if you're wanting this on your team, you can't just write it down. You have to do it as well, but it needs to be written down. That says, write the vision, make it plain. Let them know what the expectations are and what the culture is and then model it and then encourage the other team members to model it as well, so that when new people come on, they say, oh, they're all speaking the same language. Yeah. You're not, you're not getting one thing over here, one thing over here. And that's, that's with all churches, especially like with us, we have multiple campuses, but you can go to another campus an hour away and you hear the same culture, the same DNA. And it all comes down to unity. They have to be unified in it. 
and and have buy-in and but they need to know the why behind it yeah and you're gonna you're gonna get that if you pray and seek the lord and spend time with him to get that worship culture i love it and i think it's important to remind people that it's not a switch you flip and like next right. week it's gonna be awesome like this is this is a you have to be patient yeah <laughs> yes. it's a long-term game you can't go a b and c i did all the tasks and i and then now i'm now i've i'm i've reached the i've reached the pinnacle of the answer. This is a long-term game. And, right. And you, um, you won't ever get there if you don't start. So you've got to start with yep. something. And and the Lord will reveal to you the areas on your team that really need attention, um, whether it's punctuality or a you know, spirit of excellence, yeah. or maybe it's just attitudes or entitlement, you know, comparison, jealousy, all the things that can creep into worship teams that the enemy uses to bring division. And to cause them to be ineffective. But when you see a team that is on the same page, they are unified and they know their purpose. They know what worship is. They know why they worship. Yeah. They know they know what their role is. It's a beautiful, beautiful experience because um, it, there's no striving in it. And we, we can tend to strive and strive and strive as musicians for perfection or man's approval. And... I think it, now all these years I'm tired of striving. Like there's no more striving. Like, yeah. There should be no striving in the kingdom. And I'm tired of, of manipulating things. Like I just can rest in knowing who I am and what he's called me to do and spend time with him. And he's going to give me the plan. He's going to give me the direction. And it's, it's a beautiful thing, but it just, it takes intentionality for sure. I love it. I'm just sitting here processing your definition of worship as love expressed. And that is, that's a, such a simple yet powerful two words and yes. uh, simple meaning it it's two words, but like it, the, the explanation and the process into like all of these other questions, you just come, but you, it, everything comes back to it's love expressed. It's love expressed. Absolutely. And that's how, uh, that's how we process them moving forward. And that's how we uh, make sure that we're taking those steps to make, to, you know, have the heart of worship and train and teach and, and always be so gosh, I love it. Hey, as we kind of wrap up the today, um, um, we call this podcast, the table. And uh, I believe good conversation happens over good food and you are in Texas. So I know Amen. the answer to this question is going to be amazing. What, I'm a foodie. Uh, I'm a foodie as well. Oh, My see, husband. there we go. We're, 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 we're this isn't meant to be. So if I was coming over to your house for dinner, what would be on the table? What would you guys be serving? Well, as you said, I'm from the Lone Star State of Texas. And I am um, actually am newly married. And so I um, have been married for a year. So I've been cooking a little more. So I okay. have a new, I have found a homemade chili recipe Ooh. that will knock your socks off. My husband loves it. And... So I would make you homemade chili and okay. I would make some jalapeno cornbread. That does not sound terrible. And strawberry shortcake. Because you need things. a little something light after yep. that heavy. Now is meal. your chili, is it like all flavor or is it spice and flavor? What's it's kind spice of spice and flavor? Yeah, spice and flavor. Okay. Bring it's a little got, heat. It's got it's got three different kinds of peppers and it's got a, it's got a lot of ingredients. Yeah. But it's worth it's worth it because it just and the next day is even better because all the oh, spices it sits have, and kind of goes. Yes. Oh, you can't you can't go wrong. Is this a is this a like a self made recipe or is it 
kind of conglomerate of a couple recipes? It's is- not. It's a recipe that I got that had um, five stars. And so I thought, well, it has to be good, right? Yep. And I made some little tweaks here and there. Yeah, make it um, your own. Make it our own. And uh, so I have a question for you. Yeah. Are you, do you like chili and cornbread? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So do you put the cornbread with the chili in it on top or do you 100%. just put your cornbread separately? Oh, it all goes together. And, and we had the other day we did, uh, we did chili on top of, of uh, potatoes. Like we did potatoes oh. and yeah, we did like a, like yeah. a, we did uh, the cooked potatoes and then put them on top. And then we had cornbread on the side, but because we had the potatoes, I, I did that. Yes. The cornbread would go, you could go in and then it, I don't know. Do you go? Do you I like how you think. I put them together. My husband yeah. thinks it's disgusting Why is because that disgusting? he he doesn't like his his cornbread mushy. Uh, but it gets in the flavor and the I know it's all there. He eats his own, you know. He he has his he likes to put butter on it and, and do that. And I understand that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We just do our you're, own thing. You're still married. You can still do that. It's fine. That's, yeah, that's right. right. That's right. <laughs> everybody, everybody has their opinion, although some of them are wrong, but it's fine. That's you're right. Gonna, that's right. Can... We'll just let we'll let them think they're right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, you mentioned a, a life transition coming up. Uh, tell us how we can connect with you and, uh, you know, and process some of these things you're talking about and tell us how we can get a hold of you. Absolutely. So the website is theworshiplife.com. So it's very simple, theworshiplife.com. And then on Instagram, it's the Worship Life Official. And also I have a YouTube channel. It's Amber Rhodes Music. And I have videos there, but I'll also be starting the Worship Life YouTube channel. I already have that. There will be content there for worship teams, worship vocalists, um, all kinds of fun things all about worship. So good. So good. And if uh, will all of these things be linked off your website? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you can go to the website as kind of a home base. Absolutely. And on my Instagram, uh, my personal and the worship life, I have a link tree, which has all my content for on Spotify recordings, things like that. So good. Amber, I appreciate you and appreciate you hanging out today and uh, being too, a part Jason. of this. This Thank is, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. To, um, I'm still over here. Pro- worship is, is love expressed is just a good, uh, you said that, that just is like resonating in with me and, um, it's going to be resonating with me for a while. So, um, awesome. I love it. I, I love it. I love it. I pray that the Lord just deposits some wonderful revelation in that to each person yep. and what that means, what that means to them. Amen. Awesome. Everybody, we will see you guys uh, next week.